0: Trick or treat, I'm changing things up here, releasing an episode on a Monday, because today is Halloween. This is a bonus episode, something special for the occasion. Don't worry, I'll be releasing a regular episode tomorrow, but I decided to release this episode today to help get everyone in the Halloween spirit. If you do a Google search for haunted locations in Bakersfield, the usual suspects on these lists are the Bakersfield Californian Building on I Street, the Garcia Circle, Bakersfield High School, the Padre Hotel, the Central Park Ghost, are just a few of the purported haunted locations in Bakersfield. While I don't believe in ghosts myself, I do like a good scary story. And I like to try to figure out how these stories came about. Most stories, most ghost stories, are people just seeing something odd and they attribute it to a ghost or a spirit. That's what I think. Many times people add a backstory to these tales. Take the Padre Hotel. Some paranormal investigators falsely claim the Padre had a fire in the 1950s where several people perished. These investigators also allege that during the 1952 earthquake, several children were trapped in the hotel's basement and died there. Both of these accounts are false. There was never a fire at the Padre in the 1950s that killed anybody, and nobody died in the Padre Hotel during the 1952 earthquake. Two people in Bakersfield died as a result of that earthquake. Neither one of them were at the Padre. These two incidences are mentioned on the Wikipedia entry for the Padre Hotel. And they're wrong. Granted, the iconic hotel in downtown Bakersfield has seen its share of suicides. But so has every other hotel and motel in Bakersfield, or the world, actually. And there was a murder in the hotel's bar in the 1970s, a story that was covered here on the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. But I like to dig into these stories to try and figure out how they came about and if there's any truth to the backstories. One ghost story that has intrigued me is the Central Park ghost. For years, people have reported seeing a ghost-like figure in Central Park, the park that sits between 19th and 21st Street near Union Avenue. The park is now also called Mill Creek Park, so I don't know what it goes by now, Mill Creek or Central Park, but it's always Central Park to me. People who claim to have witnessed this apparition describe it as dressed as a female, wearing a long, flowing, translucent gown. Some claim to have seen her casually strolling through the park, minding her own business and not disturbing anyone Some people have said she walks right through the fence that goes along the canal that flows through the park. Once she's on the other side of the fence, this ghost-like figure floats above the canal water and sometimes does a ballet-like dance while suspended in the air, inches above the surface of the water. These accounts of the Central Park ghost have been around for years and years, for as long as I can remember. Most of the stories you read on the internet regarding this location are very similar, and most of these stories speculate that this ghost is the spirit of a woman who was murdered at a nearby foundry. Unlike this particular story, ghost stories are usually very general, they don't give specific details. So, It got me thinking, why do these stories about Central Park's ghost include its manner of death and a location like a nearby foundry? Let me say this. I'm certain many people have died in the vicinity of Central Park through the years. Hell, there was a hospital that once occupied the building that sits on the northwest corner of 19th and R Street. I know people died in that building when it was a hospital. But besides that, I'm aware of many other deaths that have occurred in and around Central Park in recent decades. Homicides, drownings in the canal, deaths from both natural causes and overdoses. So this account that the spirit that lurks in Bakersfield Central Park met her in by murder at a foundry seemed too specific. It just seemed too odd to me. It sounded to me like there might be more to this story's origins. Then I ran across an article that ran in the Bakersfield Californian in 1973 that made it clear why these details have been added to this ghost story. A body was discovered buried in the cement flooring of a foundry on 21st Street, right across the street from Central Park. On Thursday, May 3, 1973, construction workers made the grisly discovery. They were jackhammering in the concrete flooring at 621st Street. After removing more than two feet of concrete foundation, the workers came across what appeared to be a piece of disintegrated fabric. As more of the concrete flooring was broken up and removed, the more they discovered buried underneath. At first the fabric that looked like it may have at one time been an article of clothing. Then they discovered bones and bone fragments that were entombed in the cement floor of this foundry. Once it dawned on the workers that they may have uncovered a body, they summoned the Bakersfield Police Department. When BPD got on scene, they brought in Kern County Coroner Dick Gervais. Gervais supervised ten Bakersfield police officers as they exhumed the remains. The team worked diligently to recover as much of the skeleton intact as possible. Unearthed during this excavation was a diamond chip wedding band on the skeleton's ring finger. Unfortunately, the ring lacked any kind of inscription that may have helped identify this body. The coroner stated the skeleton was found in a curled position 26 inches below the foundry's concrete flooring. Given the excellent condition of its teeth, the coroner speculated the woman was young when she died. He also said, given the condition of the remains, it was impossible to determine a cause of death. Officials ascertain this portion of the foundation was poured in 1955, about 18 years before the remains were found. With that determination, that's more than likely when this mystery woman died and was buried in the foundation. So that's probably where the specific details of Central Park's ghosts originated. That grisly discovery made in 1973 across the street from Central Park. Resources used for this story, the Bakersfield Californian. I collaborated recently with another podcaster, somebody who is familiar with Bakersfield. She is the West London Witch, and she's here to tell you a spooky story.
1: Everyone has seen the steady stream of soccer practices that take place at almost every park in town. Coaches set up goals, cones, flags, and tote in endless bags of jerseys, balls, and water bottles. But as winter rolls into the valley, so does the famous Bakersfield fog. So prevalent, in fact, that at one time our hockey team was even named after the thick pea soup phenomenon. It was on such an evening when a youth soccer coach called his practice to an early end. Usually, the fog rolls in in the mornings, calling for fog delays and an extra few minutes in bed. But this evening, as the sun set and the street lights flickered into effect, the field began to fill with a dense and murky gloom. As the lights reflected ominously off the haze, the coach called the practice to a stop. Children trundled off to their parents' cars, praying the fog would last through the night. The coach, however, had quite the job of clearing the field. After the better part of an hour of locating rogue balls, collecting forgotten sweatshirts, and compiling his gear, he was finally sat in his driver's seat ready to head home. Mentally, he was already halfway there, thinking about his dinner, putting away the laundry, and resting on the sofa with a beer. Yet before he could even turn the key in the ignition, a knock on his window drew him back to his lonely car in the dark parking lot. Startled, the coach looked out the sedan's window to see two hooded children standing next to his car, the fog flowing behind them like a viscous clag. Ordinarily, he would have turned on his car and driven away in a flash. But these were kids. "'maybe his own soccer players. "'He couldn't see their faces "'as the hoods were shielding their eyes, "'but they were the same height as his players, "'so they couldn't have been more than nine or ten years old. "'Hey, mister,' he heard one of the figures whisper. "'Slowly, he rolled down his window. "'Could you give us a ride home?' "'Where are your parents?' These were not his players, and suddenly the coach was overcome with an unnerving feeling of dread and fear. Take us home, and you can meet them. Uh, I'd rather call them. What's their number? Just take us home. Come on. Open the door. Let us in. It's cold out here. Kids, it's really late. Where are your adults? Let us in. Open the door. You have to open the door. The children's small white hands gripped the window. They both took a mechanical step forward. And as they did, their hoods fell backwards, revealing ashen faces, stringy black hair, and pitch black eyes. The coach was frozen in fear, and as one of the monster children pulled its twisted thin lips into a grisly smile, revealing razor-sharp teeth. Let us in. You know you want to. With that, the coach turned the key, threw the car into gear, and sped down the street, tires screaming, lights flooding the haze and sweat pouring down from his face. As he looked into his rearview mirror, through the mist and broom, he could see two childlike creatures holding hands disappear into the fog. Thanks for listening. My name's Rebecca Strazina, the creator and host of the West London Witch Podcast. I'm a Bakersfield girl now living abroad, and if you'd like to hear more scary stories by me, head on over to the West London Witch, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again.
0: I'd like to thank Rebecca for sharing that story. I, If you're interested in that kind of uh, paranormal, head on over to the West London Witch Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this bonus Halloween episode. I'll see you back here tomorrow for our regularly scheduled episode. That story is going to be about a Bakersfield church pastor who conspired and attempted to murder his wife in 1975. Have a safe Halloween, folks. Bye-bye.